0: Hello, and welcome back to an all-new episode of Real Talk with Pastor Brad. However, there is no Christy this week, but you're in luck because we have a brand new special guest, and it's Pastor Vince Smith, and we're so excited. Today's topic is all about fathering, so here are your hosts, Pastor Brad and Pastor Vince.
1: Thank you, Brianna. It is great to be back with our family here in the podcast world. Pastor Vincent, thank you for Joining in today, man. Thank you so much. For it is an honor him. to have you. Bless your you, Pastor Vincent. Was with us before Christy and I started. We went all the way back uh, to when we did, uh, um, just real talk, whatever it was, real talk. Yeah, yeah. That's the name of it, was not it? It was real yeah. talk
0: with Pastor Brad. We added Christy, and
1: so we added Christy, and things have been so much better. Amen.
0: But that was Amen. a long time ago. Like a long time ago. Like we've. Ago, this is episode fifty-two of 52. Real Talk with Brad and Christy. Oh wow.
2: I was in the, in the negative numbers.
1: You was the OG, my brother. Yeah. You were the original.
0: So you've, you're you not new to this, but you are new to You're this new one. to the Pastor Brandon
1: Christie Show.
2: Amen. Amen. Well, Sister Christie, uh, we, we love you. We miss you. And I hope I bring anything that is worth substantial means to this
1: conversation. <laughs> Thank you to Ashley and Annie who took care of hosting the podcast mm-hmm. and filled you in on all the... Enneagrams, mm-hmm. Is that correct? Enneagrams. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we have fun. Yeah, two weeks worth of conversation around that. So I hope you're enlightened and educated, and have found your number. And uh, thank y'all so much for doing that while Christy and I were out. Thank you to our church family uh, who gave us some extended time off. We've just celebrated 15 years, Pastor Vince, Amen, at Family Reverend. of Grace, and uh, they gave us a little extra time off. And today. Uh, we're back and she's still running and shuffling um, Waiting for her family to come down So she's uh, doing what we do Which is clean, clean, clean Right? Poor people come, amen, amen. And, That uh, is y'all That's our MO, <laughs> absolutely And uh, So anyway, she's getting ready for that But uh, Pastor Vincent will be with us back in July uh, We're going to be out again And he's going to come and host the uh, podcast for us So we hope you enjoy him today And I have him officially on record now, Bree so.
0: You coming back, Vince?
1: ain't got no choice now. He's on. He's on. He's on the record. I am in here. So we were uh, talking about some things. Update on the farm. It is hot, hot, hot. Mm -hmm. And our garden did not work out very well. But that's the subject of next week's podcast. It's some deep insight there. Into the garden Not
0: the
2: garden
1: Well we did eat one pepper this week out of there.
2: Well did you come to the garden alone
1: Well the the dew dew was still on the road (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Pastor Vincent uh, Today man thank you for being here On this special episode of Father's Day And uh, man that's the topic That we want to talk about The difference that a father makes
2: Yes Uh I was very impacted by a book that uh, one of our favorite authors, Dr. Brian Leritz, uh wrote a book called The Dad Difference, and um, just talked about very simple things in that book that I thought were um, amazing. Um, him and others, another guy named Dr. Anthony Bradley, who's been doing a study and research talking about the importance of what dads do, especially in spiritual development. And so I think, of course, we want to talk about the spiritual development of father, but um, it's also in, I also want to say somewhat rites of passage, that there are things that you do with your father and those core memories that happen with, with your father and father figures, because we're probably going to have listeners who, um, who may not have had dad a around, uh, your physical or biological father, but um, I believe that the Lord ends up placing people in our life um, to take on that form and and shape of a father figure. Sometimes we don't even know um, who that is. And I believe that God has displaced or dispatched those people to us. We just have to be aware um, and be sensitive and then just pray, Lord, um, if they are not there, who have you sent? Um, but for me, I had my dad. My dad was around, uh, still around. I celebrate him. I honor him. My grandfather is 98 years old. Wow. Um, Eugene Smith Sr. is, uh, is my OG. And um, a lot of my wisdom comes from just sitting and listening to him. Um, and there's not too much that has to be said. It's just a lot of time spent. And so I, I think, and I want you to elaborate on that and how important is it just being in the presence of, um, of your father and father figure and what memories do you have from just sitting in your father's presence?
1: That's a great word. Um, because there's a lot of people who are there, but they're not present, Mm, That's good. you know, like they're physically there, but they're also psychologically and emotionally disconnected from the room. And, um, from having conversations, especially today in our digital world that we live in, um, I tell you something else. This is a, is a is a struggle in the digital world. Is that we um, we actually work so much off of our phones. Um, I have an iPad. My staff got me an iPad and said, "Use this, Pastor." And so that's what we do. And I was telling somebody yesterday, I can't remember the last time I sat down at a computer at work. This thing just does everything I need to do. Maybe my life is that simple. I'm not that complex. But what happens with our phones is a lot of times you're actually working at home, but it gives the appearance to your children that you are just, just gaming, you know. And uh, uh, Christy has a Kindle and loves to read. She's an avid reader. We talked about earlier with Casey loving to read. And, but uh, in Bradley's mind, she's just playing games on that thing all the time, you know, and so uh, that's one thing, but uh, so it's hard to make sure that it's just because you're in the room is not enough, It's to be engaged. Uh, My earliest memories, you know, I I had the privilege of growing up on a family farm, and so with that came working with my grandfather and my dad. They worked together, and then I had cousins. I was one of the younger cousins, and so they were always older than me, and And uh, they worked. And so we it was just a whole family deal. And, uh, man, I can just remember my earliest memories is just being there with my grandfather. And I was so happy in 1979 he got a brand-new tractor that had air condition, and it was a, a 1586 that had a bench across the back seat And at that time, I was only probably about six years old. And so, man, I could sit on that thing so comfortably and I could lay down, take a nap. I could do whatever I wanted. It was easy to spend the day with him, you know. And so uh, just spending that time in that context with my family. Also, I remember, though, the negative side of growing up on that farm is that our summers were always so busy working that we never had time to enjoy life. And one of the biggest things to me was I wanted to barbecue chicken. I was a young teenager, but I wanted to barbecue chicken on the Fourth of July. We never took the fourth off because it was daylight to dark during those days in the height of 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 the agricultural season. And my grandfather, my grandfather took the day off, and he and I barbecued chicken right by the swing set and the cedar trees. and that has left a it wasn't even about the chicken. It was that I made a request of my grandfather and he thought enough of it to say, you know what? I'm going to stop and take the day off with Rest you, pause. which was a big deal. Cause you, number one, he worked like crazy. But, uh, number two, that he'd stopped to do that because, uh, uh, a grandson made a request. And so, uh, that's, those memories are just there. They're etched in. They stay with you. And, um, uh, Man, it's just um, they help shape you Mm. in in so many ways. Let me take
2: a quick rabbit trail. Barbecue chicken, though, Mm. like I have questions. I just I just want to know, like, what possessed you to say, you know what? I really want to barbecue some chicken, and then like, you you know, I I mean, yeah, just elaborate. There was it. An impression that was made upon. It was
1: you. it was probably because the calling of a pastor was already there is what people would say mm-hmm. that preachers love chicken.
2: Amen. You know, so
1: it was already in me. But I will say that there's a lot of people that aren't preachers that like some good chicken. Mm. And so I wanted that event, you know, that event, that barbecue event, that in the yard, uh, spending time with him. And so uh, man, that's just that's just what I wanted. Wow. That's he cool. had to touch, You know, which leads to something else. It's it, it, while we were out the last week that we were out, the girls in our family, there's six of us. And so there's, there's four girls and two boys. And so the girls went to a beach trip with some other family and they took a girls weekend, but me and Bradley, we went on our first ever man to man weekend excursion. And, uh, boy, he was just living large, you know, he, uh, he has he has Bradley loves Guardians of the Galaxy, and so he okay. has both CDs one and two, and so he kept one in the motor home playing and, and another one in the car, and so wherever we went, it was Guardians of the Galaxy wide open, you know, and so, uh, but it was it was very special, you know, to just have that time with him. I was tired because that man-to-man parenting, it'll wear you out, you know. Mm. And uh, you, you take for granted Christy being there to help and the other kids there to help. and uh, But we did some stuff, and uh, so we went. You might appreciate this. So we went, and uh, <clears throat> we, were, we were running yo-yos at night. And so we went and set these yo-yos out in the lake, and uh, we went further than I thought. And I said, we need to go get some gasoline. And so we were at Indian Creek, and, and so we ended up on the interstate at the Woodworth exit to get gas. And when I pulled up there, it, it was like 9.45 at night. There was a Prevost tour bus, like a big, ginormous Prevost bus. If It may not mean much to you, but if you're in the bus motorhome world, that's like the Lamborghini of Motorhome, so it, it caught my eye naturally. Things I would not know. And I'm like, uh, I, I'm still stuck
0: <laughs> on what a yo yo is. It was, <laughs> I was about to say I was, we, were going,
2: we were going back there because there would <laughs> yeah. be some listeners who were
1: going to be confused. Like uh, there were yo yos. I was like, are you, are we we like, we like you Get back to it. Keep going. Tell us about the provost. So the provost was there. It was backed up right under the awning and the door, and I'm getting fuel. And uh, uh, they hit the back of the back of the buses up, and the side doors are open, and there's three guys that. Um, standing there looking at it and um i i I said guys y'all need some help and uh i said y'all got no i said you got everything covered he said you know anything about mechanics and uh i said um well i know a little something about it and he said well we need to talk to you then i said let me finish putting gas in and i did and so i walked over there and of course bradley's in the car with the sunroof open and guardians of the galaxy blaring the whole time and (laughs) And uh, I go over there, and the belt is broke on the bus, and and they have a belt, uh, but they cannot get it on. And so, man, they're f- they're from all over. They were from going from New Orleans to Dallas, stranded out in the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. And and uh, he said, I, I said, well, they didn't have no tools. There's a sermon in this, and I said, well, I, I couldn't get anybody to come help them. I said, well, I said, man, I said, if you just give me, just give me ten minutes. I'll be right back. Of course, I, I was like, man, my yo-yos are waiting, you know. But nevertheless, we stop, we take off, and and Bradley's like, Dad, where are we doing? And I said, Well, son, rule number one is you help people that's, that's stranded. He said, Yeah, because probably a bunch of other people would charge them a lot of money. I said, Yeah, but, but we're not going to charge them a lot of money because that might be us stranded one day. And um, so anyway, we go and I, I get a tool, come back. Put it right on, and um, at this point, we get the belt on for him, and the and the, the guy starts asking me questions, and he's like, uh, "So what do you do for a living?" Of course, you know, Pastor, you love that question. I love that because it's three guys, four guys, uh, another guy walked up, and they're just out there dropping f bombs like crazy, and and uh, and so we go on, and, and in the middle of it, I don't get to answer it because of something we were doing, and and uh, he he had asked Bradley, he said. Little man, he said, what's your favorite sport? And Bradley said, karate. And uh, <laughs> he said, uh, so we, we go on, and, and he gets in the car, and we're finished and getting ready to leave. And this guy named Gregory comes up and says, uh, I got something for you. And, and, and he said, we'll go get something for you out of the bus. And so I figured he had some little trinket or something. He comes back and wants to pay us. I said, well, you, you're not going to pay us. He said, that's why I'm looking for your boy, because I knew you wouldn't take the money. He said, "But I knew your boy would. Where's he at?" And so, <laughs> so he goes and gets Bradley and hands hands him two dollars. And uh, man, next thing I know, he done dropped two hundred dollars on him. And I said, "I said, uh, you can't give that boy two hundred. You're still in our blessing." And he said, "No, I knew you wouldn't take it. But get, let that boy go buy him a new karate uniform or something." So I'm out there arguing with him about it, and he says, uh, "He says, man, he said, you ever heard of Cash Money Records?" <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, Taking yeah. Over the nine, nine, 9 and the 2-thousand. You, you ever heard of Little Wayne and and uh those guys and some uh uh some, one, one name after a bird or something? Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> Birdman. Birdman. I cannot he believe I was this is like, you, you, you ever heard of those guys? Of the rest of this story. And I said, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I've heard about it in passing. You know, he said, well, that's us. He said, just take the money. It's all right, man. And so, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Wait what? a minute! Wait, wait, wait a minute! We gotta, wait, 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 we wait, gotta wait. rewind this. You met, you met,
0: like the producers and stuff of Cash
2: Money, Money Records. Records. Yeah, who were stranded,
0: who were stranded in Woodworth, Louisiana? In Woodworth well,
1: Louisiana, on the interstate, on the interstate at the exit. Wait, right we gotta. rewind back. Wait a minute!
0: I don't think you understand.
1: You, you met
0: Louisiana royalty. Is what met you met? My
2: childhood. <laughs> you, you, you met the soundtrack of our youth. And you're just just rolling this out like. You know, like, ah, you know, just out here doing like
1: man, how did we get what? Here? So Bradley gets two hundred bucks. So man, he's like walking on water. So you know oh uh, he's he's happy as can be and he's like, Man, just take the money. So it, here, the, no here in a deal. minute,
2: here in a minute, me and Brie are gonna pull up some of these pictures and, and we're gonna see. If you recognize him, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, spaces. one of them. Well, yeah, well, I've I already looked him up
1: on. The, oh, you the did? You yeah. looked him up? Okay. So,
2: which one did you recognize? Which one did you
1: see? <laughs> uh, I don't remember the names. I'd have to go back and look again. So Wait a
2: minute. It was, I, well, he does not them, understand. One of them
1: was shook. the driver. One of I them was the driver. Shook. And then the other guy, the other two guys were, I think, were on the producing side. Yeah. Of it. And then, and then towards the end of it, the one that I recognized, he came off the bus at the very end. And, um, uh, he just kind of walked around and looked. He, he wasn't nearly as nice as the rest of them. But, but anyway, we, we rescued him Are they right on there. tour? So, I didn't know about a tour. I didn't know they were on <laughs> tour. What in the world is now, that? Well, at the beginning, I just, at the was, beginning, at the beginning, I just, before I left the first time, uh, you know, we were trying to fix her something. And I said, well, where are you guys from? And they said, oh, all over. Oh, my gosh. And I uh, just played it off, you know, didn't ask or anything. and went on. and, um, And so then when I come back, you know, but I didn't ever ask who they were or anything. I was just gonna help them regardless. So, um, I don't
0: think he understands. <laughs> he has no, he idea. has no idea.
1: That is that is Louisiana hip hop royalty. Like that is that you met. That's well, hip hop royalty. It is that you met. Well, we got them on the road and they made it back to Dallas. So
0: wow, is that very often? Like I'm always intrigued and by of course,
1: all of your my stories. boy, you can tell a story, when we man. when we in the belt on. There was a pulley that was messed up and. Uh, and I said, look, we couldn't get it all the way on. It was about that about a half inch. It wouldn't go on. I said, Look, man, go in there and just turn the key a little bit and I think it'll go on. Well the boy that was the man that was so nice, Gregory, and uh Gregory was over there hiding behind the gas pump. And uh you'll appreciate this. And so when he gets through, I said, Man, are you scare something. He said, Man, something gonna fly over there and hit me. And uh Bradley said, well, hiding behind the gas pumps not the safest place to hide. <laughs> he did not say that. Oh, oh, that that. B- oh, oh. say that. oh, that child said that. Oh, Bradley was that child said that. I believe he it. still gave two hundred dollars. So oh that's my rich. gosh! So you anyway,
0: did mechanical work.
1: I got a pad. I got a picture of for uh, Cash
0: Money Records.
1: So anyway, taking over,
0: man. So that I was kind God. of our our
1: father son weekend adventure. So you were going to have to tell Bradley later
0: in his life what in that his was, what that meant. I don't know. I don't know. I said, "Well, I think it's, will ever I appreciate it's the pretty yeah. Well,
1: I do. I mean, I, I mean, like I knew some of the names and stuff, and I was like, "Well, when we get back to church, we'll ask Brother Jeremy about it. He probably, he probably can fill us in on it." But Jeremy did not she so Oh yeah, Miss Angela, I bet she knows. So, anyway. Wow. Oh my so that was gosh. our father-son outing. So. That's insane. I digressed on that, but
0: no, 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 oh, so that is podcast-worthy we stories. So we're
1: making memories. We Talk about so fathers memories. making memories, though. What a memory! What?
2: Wow! I need a minute to um, to back up from this. Sorry, you. You don't even know what you did.
0: We I got to back on the road. He blessed someone.
1: You blessed somebody.
0: But you was someone at the end
1: of it though he said uh i gotta go back try to find their phone number at the the end of it he said i said well i said you asked me what i did i said i'm a pastor he said (laughs) i figured as much he said you let me know we're gonna be coming back through and we'll we'll help you with something man but i think i lost their phone number i'm gonna
2: have to be there with you we're gonna have to be there with you (laughs) Just to be able to say
1: oh hey, amen. So this is more than a Steve Harvey turkeys. This, this is, is more a Steve.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't think the podcast family knows about the Steve Harvey turkeys. We've never shared that. Y'all stick a pin in this one. And when it comes, like, I think it's Thanksgiving.
1: We'll come
2: this, back to Steve This Harvey. Thanksgiving, Harvey we will turkeys. tell y'all the story <laughs> about the Steve Harvey turkeys. Yeah. I can't wait.
1: I, I must be a pale Labelle pie to go along with it. <laughs> amen. That's so crazy. how about you, Pastor? What are some memorable things for you? for you
2: um my
1: dad worked for still
2: works for state farm insurance and he did that um in a variety of ways so he's been working there for over 30 years and he's now an agent and uh in arkansas and before that time when we were living in uh north louisiana around the regional office where he was um, he worked a lot, and so I spent a lot of time with my mom and my grandmother and then my maternal and my paternal grandmother. Um, but when when Dad was home on the weekends, it was usually us going to visit um, my grandmother and my granddad paternal, and uh, we would just kind of go out there we would ride. My dad had a uh, 1972 Chevrolet Cheyenne Super, and uh, he put some work into that truck. And um, I kind of fell in love with trucks from him being around and loving that one so much, but not enough to where I like cared about the details like he did. And so we moved to Arkansas. Um, We were living in North Louisiana. We moved to Arkansas. We've been there for like maybe a year. Um, And then someone stole that vehicle from him. And uh, man, that broke his heart because um, he put a lot of work into it. And so, strangely enough, he found the vehicle before the police in Arkansas did. Mm. And uh, But, you know, we live in a place where when we take our own justice, we'll go to jail. Mm-hmm. We got to wait on other folks to do it, but they didn't do it fast enough. And so they started, like, drag racing the truck. By the time he got his hands back on it, it was kind of went kaput. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I have to say, a lot of my childhood was spent with him learning and being around and being around all those trucks. Mm-hmm. And he would like, he would go and he would just like show me stuff. He was like, Hey, this right here has a big block engine. You don't like mm-hmm. that. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay I, yeah. you know, like whatever. And I just, I don't remember anything, um, too much about other than like, he liked trucks. I like trucks. Kind of the same thing now about mm-hmm. you knowing you like certain sports teams, mm-hmm. like the kids like, like, like what's your connection? Like I'm a Celtics fan. Um, uh, so I was playing tonight. Um, uh, we will win this game. There will be a game seven. I'm I'm calling that. Um, but I'm a Southern's fan a little bit because my dad, um, before taking gap years was cool, uh, took a gap year, uh, after high school in Mangum, Louisiana, uh, to move to Boston, Massachusetts.
0: Wow. <laughs> and uh
2: he my uncle was already up there working, had a job up there and just kinda of provide for my dad. And um out of that time when he was there, it kind of started my intrigue with Boston and then turned into like, well, I'm a Celtics mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. Not saying that my dad was like a hardcore one, but enough to where he talked about that I was like, well, yeah, I will to be a Celtics fan too. And that was even in the era of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And right. Like everybody right. was a Michael Jordan fan. I was, but I was still trying to be a Celtics fan even even during then, though. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I want, I want to be, you know. So, so yeah, I, I just remember being by my dad and, um,
1: simple things um well you know you're talking about that and one of the things that guides my ministry and Bree's probably sick of seeing them because she's been with us so long but we do everything around here on a venn diagram and the venn diagram has three circles of course and it's uh, relationally experientially and academically Mm. and it's because i begin to look back on my life and i begin to ask myself how do how do young men not know these things lord you, have you know mercy. what i mean stay right there. and like i would be sa- how do right you there not really. know how to how do you not know how to do something so simple as you know jump a, a vehicle off with jumper cables or mm-hmm. how do you correctly use a pair of channel locks or how do you correctly use a a simple crescent ranch which is nothing but every common day little right. tools and what i began to realize was my father <clears throat> my grandfather my father mm-hmm. whom i was around a lot but they never said, "Hey, now you be here at eight tomorrow. We're gonna give you a class on how to use jumper cables, mm-hmm. or how to hold a punch right, or how to hold a hammer correctly." And uh, you know, there I learned ninety percent of what I learned by having a relationship. Yeah, they never say meet here for a class on this. Yeah, but I learned by proximity and the relationship with them and observing it. Now I can remember a couple times in my life, you know, my grandfather said now, now son, you know, you don't you don't you don't drive the hammer, it's in your wrist. You know, you don't push it down, you you use your wrist to make it work and and things like that. But but most of it they never ever had to teach me because I just learned it by being with the father. So now we take that and we couple it to where we are today with a high rate of fatherlessness. And so where we we wonder why people don't know anything, and it's because they've had no father to spend time with. Right. Which means we grab this children in the Lord concept, and the church needs to realize that to be pro life doesn't oh, just yeah. mean you're against abortion. Talk, Reverend. Talk. It means you far the babies that are already alive. Yes, sir. And it's not enough to save a baby from being aborted. But what are you going to do after that single mom that doesn't? even know how to train up a child, Mm. you know, who's going to help her. Right. And so now we have this high rate of, of, uh, inadequacy in being able to do things. And so therefore uh, the church, if the church is going to be excited about doing away with abortions, then they need to become the number one fostering agency in the country.
2: Is there like a audio like wah, 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 wah button that we can press on that because <laughs> she got buttons I'm, now I
0: do have buttons, but I don't have um that one preset that but one was like that did, was spot he, on he
2: dropped that mm-hmm. that that's the truth, man, like i you know so again i I also teach school and my my job I teach a career technical uh class called jag, and essentially well, i try to explain it in layman's terms is that I teach all the things people talk about on social media about, I wish that they would have taught us this in high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what I teach. We talk about financial literacy, basic life skills, leadership development, uh, self-awareness, how to walk through conflict, Mm -hmm. um, things like that, which is great. It's great to have it in the class. Um, but I can only do so much in my classroom. Like you said, like, you know, when you were with your father, um, there wasn't a class that was like, show up at eight and we'll walk through this. It was you are with me, it's a relationship. And so the best way um I'll be able to teach my class that I have are in the relationships that are built, not just inside the classroom, but outside of it. But even that, that is just that is a partnership relationship. So let's let's move it to ministry. Ministry is partnership. Like it is the the churches that we lead who have ministries that can help, um, in leading the family, who have, you know, next generation ministries, you have discipleship ministries, you have mission ministries, which are great, but they are a partnership. Um, It is not our job to be the primary disciple makers Mm -hmm. for other people's children. We partner with them. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about fathering, it's a a curriculum, a school um, can only do so much in aiding and partnering with people Mm -hmm. to talk about filling in these gaps in fathering that are not there. And so I think we have to be realistic to say, we're going to commit to doing what we can. We're going to commit to partnering with who we can partner while mm-hmm. knowing we're not going to be able to cover that gap with everybody. And and then that's where I'm a preacher, I'm beelining to Jesus to say, well, there is someone mm-hmm. um, who will be a father mm-hmm. to the fatherless and, and we'll do what we can do. And then we'll point you to who's, to someone who will be able to take care of you, um, regardless.
1: Because everybody wants to belong to something, and yes, that's sir. the reason whether it's gangs in the inner city or biker biker gangs or groups or whatever, everybody is looking for yes. a place to belong. Yes, that will accept them for who they are in their identity, where they are, and and then it, somebody's going to train them, you know. And so, with that being said we we have to begin to look for ways and so man uh, a couple things here you know as a dad you know and you have a beautiful daughter and uh we give me. nora nora a shout She's out here great. and uh me. that girl that girl knows she can work a crowd yes yeah, she can what and man. uh no so it's not you know we go back to the beginning of our conversation where the the fact of being physically present is not enough you got to be Mentally and psychologically present in, in your in your kids' lives if you're at home with children, and then look, you know, I love I love Dr. Tony Evans. He's one of my heroes, mm-hmm. but I wish I had access to him because I would ask him to rename his book because he just put out a book. You know, he, he does everything on the kingdom man, the kingdom woman, mm-hmm. and uh, and he wrote a book called Raising Kingdom Kids, and uh, which is what his generation used. But we don't raise kids. We train them. And I think Mm -hmm. many times, you know, I I raise animals. And so I just go out there occasionally once a day and throw some food out there quick as I can to get back in the A.C., you know, and spend the least amount of time with them as possible. But how do we find those little nuggets along the way to help train kids that may not be our own? I think if you have kids at home, then you look for a way to be the coolest house where all the kids want to come over. That's a good way to help start shaping other kids. You know, and and you have the you have the place where Stay right there. That's good. You know, and so you be there, you know, be there when the kids are there, be there doing something, be there demonstrating what a father is about. And um, you know, because Bree and Brandon, you know, you guys lost your father at an early age and I remember one day Brandon. Brandon was just struggling. You know, he was on staff with us for a while, and uh, he was the epiphany hit me. You know, he he never had a father to really tell him like the job's not done, to all the tools are back in his proper place, and because uh, he was bad, he'd do great, but he'd just leave everything scattered, and it kind of hit me that he never really had you know the dad physically present and so if you have kids now then you can find a way to be the house that all the kids want to be at and in doing that then you get to model for them what they may not be getting at home and so those are ways that you can be a father to the fatherless you know that you can be the difference without adopting kids or taking kids on and fostering them. You know, another way is find one student, you know, at a school where your kid goes or your grandkid goes and ask them, you know, do you have a kid here that's not, doesn't have a dad or grandfather? And, and and they may not give you their information, but you write them a letter, you know, and find out when at testing time, go drop off a letter for them and encourage them. There's so many ways, especially in the church, you can get their information in the church. Mm-hmm you know that you find those kids and write them letters and encourage them and love on them there's ways that we can do it and it's not taxing and it's not hard it's just stopping when you want to be out on the lake running your yo-yos doing your own thing but you need to stop and help somebody else i like out. how you circle back to that because
2: we put a pin there and then our can mind was blown me. when we talked about cash money taking over for the mm-hmm. nine nine two thousand so for the rest of our listeners who may be confused about yo-yo. So yo-yo fishing is my
1: favorite way to fish cuz I love being on the lake at night. Really? I love it, man, especially this week your moon was bright and, and and man, look. You you go out there and you set them in late in the evening and it's a it looks like a yo-yo. It's about the size of a yo-yo and it has a spring in it and you pull it down and you can set it however deep you want it to go and it has a trigger and so there it is, it's just, it's autom- automatic fishers is the technical term for it. And so when the fish takes the bait, all of a sudden the yo-yo trips and pulls it up right on the edge of the water. And you just now wait barely on a see minute. like about an inch of the fish's lips stick out of the water. This and
0: is like the audio book version <laughs> of fishing. <laughs> that's what this sounds like and to so, me.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love it. You go out that's there at midnight. Right. About midnight, you go check them. And then about daylight, you go back and check them again. And so, man, that's my thing. Wow. And so, you know, man, I had to get back to that. But at that moment, I needed to stop. And I'll tell you something. On the way back, my on the way to get our tools, one tool, because that's all they needed was one tool, um, The uh, my boy was saying, I bet you, daddy, they charge him $1,000 to come fix it. I said, yeah, but we're not gonna charge him anything. You know, that, when you walk with them is when you teach them the most, you know. And so we get through, we get our gas, we go back, and I tell him, we go out, because he's never been out. This is his first time out. And so I said, now look. I said, I need you to work the light, because the yo-yos have reflective tape on them so that you can see them when the light hits them. And to know whether you need to go to him. But anyway, I give him the speech. And I'm like, now, son, daddy's been doing this his whole life. It's okay. I've been on this lake since I was your age. I know it. I know this lake. Don't worry about it. You have nothing to worry about. I said, "Now, we're not going to turn the light on until we get where the yo-yos are. Now, this is where YouTube and all that, you know, there's nothing out here. So we're good. I mean, he's just living it up, you know. And then we get over there in them stumps. And he says, Daddy, where's the alligators at? And I said, well, there's no alligators out here. Well, how do you know? I said, well, you'd see their red eyes. If there was an alligator out here, you'd see that. Do you see any eyes? But even though he didn't see no eyes, he he really wasn't having much of it in, him, in that stumpy condition. So, nevertheless, but uh, you know, it's stopping what you're doing—it was the point of my illustration. And the what he learned in that moment was God blessed him back, you know, and gave that boy two hundred dollars. We're not crazy. done with the story. What did you catch? Well, we didn't catch much. Caught something. Yeah, though. we caught some white
0: perch. I mean, you yeah. also caught $200. Caught
1: $200. <laughs> and so, caught something. And, and I'll tell you something else. So the next day is hot. It's, it's July, it's hot in June. And he determined to have his bicycle. And so we end up going back and getting his bicycle. And um, we get it there. We go to pick it up at the house. <clears throat> and the tires are flat. So we air them up. We get out there. He rides for a few minutes. They're flat. We air them up. It's flat again. I look and I don't know where this boy got this from. Next thing I know, he comes right up to the front door of the bus and just throws a bike down. Says, dad, they're flat again. And he says, you know what though? I got $200. I think I'm gonna go get me a new bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So nevertheless, that's some ways that you can just stop. And what are your thoughts? Just wrap up. Um, we we've been a little long here. But sure. Just ways that you can be a parent, so
2: a father. Without I I I uh, I really love that idea about being being a a home to people uh, and being a house of influence. Uh, that was my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, my I never um, and Nora gets a little bit from me. I. I never had an empty house. Mm -hmm. My mom and dad always uh, opened up the doors to allow us to host people. Honestly, I believe it because my mama felt like, you know what, I feel a whole lot more safe with folks here in my house with you than I feel like you were out with them because it's a mean world out there, you know. And uh, she felt more more safe with them being Mm -hmm. here. So we were a revolving door. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we didn't realize that um, you know when you were with people and you feel very comfortable and safe, and then when you leave from being around them, you're like kind of bummed. Mm-hmm. That was folks leaving our house, yeah. and uh, I didn't realize it because they were going back to places. Not like things were just horrible and bad.
1: It was unstable.
2: It, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's one of the best things my dad, mom, and dad ever gave me was stability. Um, I, whatever mm-hmm. happened, he was gonna be right there. And uh, right now, uh, stage of life, I mean, still, he's still there. Yeah, he's
1: still there. And, you know, not to drag this out, but, you know, for a shout out for our single moms out there right now. Man, holding struggling it and down. holding it together. That man-to-man parenting, it's so hard. You know, I, I am so tired after the weekend. But don't start praying and asking God to put, an older person, older male in your child's life say that. That could help you. That you would find a safe person to let them spend time with. Yeah. And that you don't be ashamed to go to somebody and uh and, and say, hey, will you help me with this? I told this to somebody the other day. I said, write this down right here. And uh well I handed them a pen. I put it in front of their napkin. I said, here's what you need to say. You know what? Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm struggling at. Would you help me be better in this area? And so I got through, and I said, "Now I laid that pen in front of you so you could write that down." <laughs> mm. You know, but sometimes that's all it takes is just being willing to go and say, "Will you help me?"
2: Yeah. You know,
1: and uh, and 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 give you that time and that space, and teaching your boy how to do things, and and or and, and stuff like that. So yeah, because
2: I don't think this conversation takes anything away from what godly mamas and, and good mamas are. I, I think it, it is important for us to start realizing, like, but having having that father figure around mm. matters, and it's enough to be able to say, um, sometimes those people are already disposed in our life. Mm-hmm. We are not just aware of who they are. So we need to be praying and asking for awareness, like, Lord, who have you sent um, that you've placed in my life to be this person that is around um, that I can learn how to learn from, grow mm-hmm. with, and submit to. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's the other thing. Same thing with pastoring. Everybody wants a pastor till they get a pastor. Everybody wants a father figure till they get one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We, we want the good parts so, of, man, encourage me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: affirm me, but don't correct me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that's a sometimes we, God has sent some of those names in our life but they may not do the parts that we want them to do all the time. Right,
1: right. And you know? and also, you know, as as boys, we think about this, you're out there looking, what's the perfect Father's Day gift I can get my dad? Maybe it's just to write down a, on a note some of the greatest time, the greatest things you've learned from him. Mm-hmm. Those nights where you helped save cash money records or went yo-yoing <laughs> or, or whatever it was. I mean, like, what are those little things? Free, you know? I'm so done. <laughs> like... I mean, but that's huge. I'm choking over here on water. He would be be crying. There would be tears in that man's heart. There are
0: already tears on his face. He doesn't even know it.
2: I cannot. That is that is a memory that you'll dig in the recesses of your mind. Probably as you listen to this later in life, you're going to be saying, "Man, what what a night! Yeah, what a night. We (laughs) yo-yoed.
1: We caught some fish and we caught some money." Caught some money.
2: Some cash record money. <laughs> caught some cash record.
1: So, hey, man, as you're out there fighting the good fight of faith, trying to be a parent, be a grandparent, and uh, can I just say, grandparents, it's a different time. It's a different space. Cut, you, cut your children some break. You don't train up kids the same way you did when you were a young person. Mm-hmm. Try to understand, identify where they are leading their family in this world. And please stay on your knees and pray hard. Pray. Because every child needs some kind of daddy Mm. in their life. Next week. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you,
2: Reverend.